If you've been watching television or reading the newspaper or listening to the radio or checking out your favorite websites online, lately you've noticed a number keeps coming up. On October 24th in particular, people around the world have been plastering the number 350 on billboards, marching with it on signs, and performing physical stunts to share this number with as many people as possible. Groups numbering in the hundreds have gathered across the U.S. and in many foreign countries to spell out 350 on surfaces from grassy fields to mountain summits to the open ocean. Writer and environmental activist Bill McKibben says 350 is a number we all need to be aware of. You mentioned 350 yes. as being a very important number. It's the most important number in the world. That's the amount of carbon that the measured in parts per million that the scientists now say is the most we can have in the atmosphere and maintain the civilization that we now enjoy. We're past that number already, we need to get back to it. That's why the stakes are so urgent. Back in 1988, McKibben made one of the earliest cases outlining the modern crisis known as global warming. His book, The End of Nature, chronicled the research that followed the rise of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere due to human activity and the resulting temperature increases around the world. Today, this climate change threatens life on our planet, putting at risk every plant and animal species, including human beings. As CO2 levels in the atmosphere exceed 350 parts per million, McKibben warns that we have passed the point where we can do nothing and not face dire consequences. Through a program called 350.org, he aims to lead an international movement to raise awareness for the plight of global warming and what individuals, institutions, and governments can do to stop it. I'm James Mills, and you're listening to The Joy Trip Project. Your work started a long time ago. I think it's fair to say that your book, The End of Nature, made the first case for the existence of climate change. But that was 20 years ago. What was it about that time that brought you to the conclusion that now everyone accepts? Well, the science of global warming was just emerging in the late 1980s. And people hadn't really fully digested it yet. That's what I, one of the things I did and came to the conclusion that the science was very sound. 1988 was also the warmest summer in record in America up to that point. Extremely brutally hot. The Mississippi all but shut down because the water levels were so low. And so there was a kind of emotional sense, too, of just how quickly change was coming. Since your work in climate change first began, a lot of people have adopted this as a cause. Mm -hmm. now, what happened to bring global warming to the attention of so many? Well, slowly... I think what's mostly happened is that the world has forced it upon us. You know, it's become clearer and clearer with each passing year just how large the change is. And that's begun to really move people, businesses, institutions, governments. Now, was there anything in particular that made this I think this in this country, Hurricane Katrina was a landmark event. Uh, helped people understand that we were rewriting the rules of nature. Your work began a long time ago, but 
it doesn't seem like much in terms of the science has changed. It doesn't That's seem true. like there's much really that we know more today than we knew back then. We have a much stronger sense of exactly how it's going to play out, but the basic parameters are uh, unchanged. It's correct. And it's because the science is not that complicated. I mean, more carbon means more heat means, you know, all the changes we're seeing now. One of the things that I also find fascinating is the fact that climate change is a global issue. Mm. And you mentioned that it will require a certain amount of political will in order mm. to achieve the type of change that will actually make a difference on, the, on a global as well as a national we scale. We hope that as the world changes, it gets easier to build that kind of momentum as people see more and more of the effects, like the melt of Arctic ice last summer. But our great hope is that this 350.org campaign that we're engaged in will be one of the vehicles that really raises uh, uh, awareness. Uh, and so far, that's what's happening around the world. Basically, we've got to set this ocean liner in reverse as soon as we can. We don't know how quickly the world will scrub that carbon out of the atmosphere, but we've got to stop putting more in right now. 350.org is your new organization. Yes, 350.org. How will branding a message like a number, 350, make a difference in the reversal of climate change? We think that if we can get people around the world really honed in on this number, that it'll have the effect of setting a kind of psychological bar for the success or failure of international talks, and that it'll move them in the direction of the science. That's the hope. And when we're talking about this number, it, it sounds to me like you're not necessarily interested in national exhibitions. It sounds like you're actually advocating local and some smaller scale regional. Yes, we, we definitely want people doing things in their communities to spread this number, and that's what we're seeing. Churches ringing their bells 350 times, 350 bicyclists riding in, en masse in their community, that kind of thing. It's very cool. So are you optimistic? Do you think we'll be able to turn this corner? I no longer think in terms of optimism or pessimism. The stakes, the challenge is pretty daunting. I get up in the morning and do what I can and hope that we, we have a window left. Um, you know, we haven't done a good job yet politically in addressing this. I hope we will, and I'll do my best to see that we do. McKibben says it's never too late to get involved. He hopes that more 350 events will continue around the world to show that a global movement to address the issues of climate change is possible. The idea, McKibben says, is to set a bold new agenda for the upcoming United Nations climate meetings in Copenhagen this December. The 350 target is the new bottom line for climate action, and world leaders must now meet that target. What are you doing to end climate change in your community? Share your ideas online at 350.org. For the Joy Trip Project, this is James Mills. Music this week by the On Trio from the album Lullaby for My Favorite Insomniac. Find their playlist and a schedule of upcoming shows online at ontrio.com. The Joy Trip Project is brought to you thanks to the generous support of our sponsors, Recreational Equipment Incorporated, REI, and Patagonia. We don't take money from just anyone. Supporters of this podcast share our mission of better living through an active lifestyle in balance with nature and the communities in which we live. You can support us by supporting them. 
visit their websites on ours at joytripproject.com. Thanks for listening. But you know, we want to hear from you. So please drop us a message by email at info at joytripproject.com. Find us on Facebook. Share your pictures and your stories. Share your passion for outdoor recreation, environmental conservation, acts of charitable giving, and practices of sustainable living. You just might inspire our next joy trip together. But most of all, don't forget to tell your friends. Until next time, take care.